everybody, and welcome to another episode of True Stories of Tinseltown. And yes, it's that spectacular time of the year that you all love so much when I go, ha, 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 yes, it's that time. And so I have a wonderful guest for us, Mr. Herbie J. Pilata, who was on a couple weeks ago about talking about his book on Mary Tyler Moore. And today we are talking about a witch, spectacular, get it? A witch, but not a bad witch. She was a good witch. We're talking about Elizabeth Montgomery and Herbie wrote a wonderful book. I just, I, I was telling Herbie, I read it when it first came out and I didn't know him at all, whatever. And then uh, I reread it now. I loved it when I read it the first time, but I really loved it again, you know? So what a wonderful book. And welcome once again, Herbie. So glad to have you on. Happy Halloween, Grace. Happy trick-or-treat. Smell my feet. Give me something good to eat. <laughs> you know, I feel so bad for the kids today, you know, because of that crazy pandemic. And, oh, you know. know. But, you know, they're, nice. it is awful. But, you know... They're, they're telling kids that they can trick-or-treat. I believe, you know, in the buildings, in most buildings in New York, they're still doing what they always do. They just let the kids who live in the buildings trick-or-treat, but they're going to have the, you know, most people leave the candy, you know, in something outside the door so they can just pick it up. They're not going to let anybody into the building. It's just going to be certain apartments tell people who they want to pick up the candy if they're going to give it out. And um, that's it. The kids go trick-or-treating. That's New York City trick-or-treating. But the other trick-or-treating, yeah, that stinks. Well, you know, and Elizabeth was a trailblazer with that, too, because if you recall, on Bewitched, they did, you know, a few episodes, of course, about Love Halloween. Love them. But she, she, you know, trick-or-treated for UNICEF. Tabitha mm-hmm. trick-or-treated for UNICEF. And Elizabeth was a spokesperson for universe. She, you know, she was always doing charity, charitable work. Always. Yes, that was wonderful. So let's just start in the beginning. because This is a classic movie podcast, and I do have classic television people on as well. And they've also done movies. Um, and Herbie is just great, so I love to have him on. And Elizabeth Montgomery, for all our classic movie people, I think you all know her, who couldn't know Elizabeth Montgomery. She was the daughter of Robert Montgomery, who was like a big cheese in Hollywood, and especially in the 30s. He did a lot of pre-code films. He was sort of like the debonair guy about town. And there was a rumor, Herbie, that he would not wear a wallet in his pocket because he didn't want to ruin the lines of his clothes. That sounds about right. Yeah, from what I've read. Yeah. He was like Mr. Dashing, and he liked to dress up. And whatever. And she looks so much like him. When I found out who, oh, really? who she was, I'm like, oh, my God, the eyebrows, the forehead. Yes, yes, she's, yes, yes. There's yes. no doubt she's not the mailman's. She's she's Robert Montgomery's daughter. That's for sure. Um, so tell us, how did you get interested in writing this wonderful book called Twitch Upon a Sto- Star, Elizabeth Montgomery? How did you do Well, it, it started with the original Bewitched book. I mean, that's when I, I, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk with Elizabeth is I wanted to do a book about Bewitched, which was just a companion book. 
And that really started because I had written a reunion movie for Bewitched, which wow. Elizabeth didn't want to do. Yeah. So we ended up doing the book, the Bewitched book, which I rewrote as Bewitched Forever. And then when Elizabeth died, I knew I had to write her life story. And that's how Twitch Upon a Star came by. Now, you do know that I wrote a sequel to Twitch Upon a Star. It's Guess the, what? The essential- I do not know that. Yes, yes. It's uh, called The Essential Elizabeth Montgomery, and that's an encyclopedia to her entire uh, body of work. Which, and it really originally started out as an index to Twitch Upon a Star, but my publisher said, Herbie, you wrote too much. You wrote too much. <laughs> so we, we divided it into two different books. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, I, I didn't get that one, but I'll have. I do have the first Bewitch book you did, and I loved it. And you, I never knew this, actually met Elizabeth. Oh yes, oh absolutely. Um, how, how many times? Because, um, four times. Wow. That <laughs> sounds like how many times? Uh, four times, yeah. Four times I met her, and we we spent. Hours together each of those times, and How she really cool. was, it was it was terrific. It was terrific. Um, and Bill Asher, her husband and the producer director of The Wish, mm-hmm. he's the reason why uh, that happened. Because you know, like I said, I I wrote a reunion for The Wish. She didn't want to do it, and I says, "Well, do you think she'll do a, a book?" He goes, "Yeah, she'll do a book." So he called her up and said, "Look at," and she told me this. He called her up and says, "Look at." You got to talk to her. And she's like, what? You never tell me I got to talk to anybody. And he's like, you got to talk to her. he's really concerned with this entity known as Bewitched. So there you go. She didn't talk to anybody about Bewitched. She like, you know, that was like not something she wanted to talk about. Not because she didn't love the show, but she moved on. Right. But she A lot of people feel that way. Yeah. When yeah, they stop yeah. doing something, it's like Henry Winkler not wanting to talk about the Fonz or yeah, even yeah. D- David Selby when I have him on. You know, we have to get beyond dark shadows sometimes, you know, so because sure. he had a long career, you know, and he loves dark shadows. Don't And don't get me wrong about that. And he loves his fans. But he has done a very large body of work, just like Elizabeth did after Huge. That's so well, I understand. Before, too. Yes. Before. She did over 200 200- you know, TV guest appearances before the way. Okay, so let's, let's get to you meeting her. Okay. You must have been a nervous well, wreck. Well, I was, I was like, the witch. <laughs> I, <was. laughs> I mean, I, you know, like, I, I, um, it took six months. First of all, it took six months for her to call me back. Wow. So I bet you were totally, that was out of your head all the way by that time. Well, and I finally, I asked her when I did meet her, I go, why did it take you so long? She goes, well, every time I called, you had that little, uh, I had an answering machine. (laughs) With people. Yeah. I was like, hi, my name is Herbie J. Potter. Please leave a message at the, and she (laughs) says, wow. (laughs) You know, so she kept on hanging up. She probably um, thought, oh, this guy, this guy's too yeah. much now. He's going to be all over oh, yeah. me. He's going to make me twitch my nose. I, I can't deal yeah. with this. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Which, by the way, I never did. I never asked her to twitch her nose. I never asked her for an autograph. I never asked her for a picture. 
I didn't want to be that guy. No. You know, I wanted to be someone who she saw that she could respect because I respected her. And that's exactly what happened. Cool. So did you meet her outside or did she have you at her home? No. She invited me to her house and I'll never forget it. Um, I walked in. And it was long driveway up in Benedict Canyon in Beverly Hills, right kind of like behind the Beverly Hills Hotel. And um, I, I drove in and parked the car. I got four new tires on my car because I wanted to, wanted it to look nice. I couldn't <laughs> afford those four tires. That's cute. Okay? Yeah. I couldn't afford them. So I walk in and she smiles and I smile and she says, come on in. And, and then I tripped over the coffee table. No. So, yeah. You did? Yeah. And, <laughs> very Dick Van Dyke. And, very Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> and and we both laughed, and that really literally broke the ice. Um, oh, that is a riot, Harvey. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, she, she sat me down automatically, and that was the question she asked is, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And I told her, I go, well, Samantha and Dan loved each other. You know, she didn't care about anything, you know, that he could buy her because she could switch up something better. She loved him for who he really was. Strong work ethic. He didn't want, you know, her uh, her to switch up anything. He wanted to buy things for just all these different things about true love. And so she saw that I got it and she respected that. And you sat there. For a couple hours talking to her. <laughs> I sat there for a couple hours that first time, and uh, I had like the old fashioned tape recorder, which I still have. I still use those. <laughs> Cub reporter, when I do Herbie J. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. cute. So, but you know, like the timer on the tape recorder that you know, clicks, yep. clicks, clicks. Mm-hmm. Well, mine was stuck. It was. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, she goes, at some point she goes, you want to shut that? You want to fix that? I go, no, I'm fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> I couldn't move. You know what I mean? I couldn't move. She, she was just, she just had me, you know, mesmerized. And at the end of that first session, I wanted to give her gifts, of course. So I gave her a crystal unicorn because Samantha loved unicorns. And Elizabeth loved unicorns. So I gave her a crystal uniform, again, like the tires that I could not afford. And then I had um, a poem. I wrote a poem that I had calligraphized for her, again, that I could not afford. And I gave her these gifts. And at the end of the poem, it said, um, Bewitched succeeded because you are magic. And she just looked at me and she looked at the unicorn and she had the poem in her hand. And she's like, you know, don't you? You know, that's the mantle of unicorns. You know. And then, oh, my God. This, and she hugs me. Ah, uh, were you swooning? And then I was just, you know, just in, in La La Land. So I leave. And as we're leaving... Um, I get in my car, mm-hmm. and she says, do you want a zucchini? And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> and before I could answer, she leaps into her garden, which is right there in front of the house, and she picks this zucchini for me. And 
she's given this to me. I'm like, I, what, what? She goes, you want another one? I says, well, and then she leaped again into the garden. And she got me another zucchini. And I said something like, oh, you know, there would have been no genie without you. You're the best. And, you know, something silly. Because yes. I dream of genie was kind of a takeoff on Bewitched. We will discuss and that later, too. we got a lot we'll to talk about. Yeah. yeah. And then I drove off. And as I'm driving off, I look back. And there she is in her doorway with the unicorn and with um, the, the poem in this beautiful frame that I had it framed in. And I swear to you, I saw a mist around that doorway as she's standing like there. Like an aura. Yes. You know, it was just magical. All this, that's the only word I could use. Magical. Magical. And then you met her two more times? Similar times? Were they Three spread out? Times. Three more times. When I When I got back to the house, though, after that day, and I'm driving home, I'm like, I just met Elizabeth Cumbry. I just met Elizabeth. So I, my, my apartment in Santa Monica wasn't too far. So I, I get home and I just collapse. I'm just, you know, emotionally collapsed. It was this very incredible moment. And the phone rings. And I'm like, who the heck is this? So I pick up the phone. Hi, Herbie, it's Lizzie. Um, are we still on for next week at 4 o'clock? I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess, yeah. She says, okay, see ya. She hangs up. And I'm like, what the heck just happened here? Did she just call me? And just as I hang up, the phone rings two minutes later. Hi, Herbie, it's Lizzie again. I go, you know, Liz, I'm so glad you called back because I wanted to, I didn't want to overwhelm you with those gifts. But I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed, you know. And I thought to myself, it must have been very difficult for him to meet me because, you know, you had a... I'm just, and by the way, what did, what what song did I sing to Serena in episode 30, you know, whatever? I'm like, uh, uh, so, I mean, she was calling me only a half hour after I walked in the door that I left her house. You must have been like floating on a cloud. Okay. I was floating. I was floating. We, there was, you know, we weren't, you know, close, close friends after that. Uh, we didn't stay in touch and talk on the phone all the time. It was four magical meetings that were a dream come true that will forever be remembered, not just as a special part of my life, but because of her, she ignited my career. And she gave me a career with that. I went on to do other books and the TV shows and the documentaries and all that other stuff, all because of the Bewitched book, the original Bewitched book. Which was amazing. I I say if you're a Bewitched fan, you'll love it. He did a great job with that. I just, I, I sat and read and read and read. Loved it. Um, so let's just give, so she was born in Hollywood. She was a privileged young girl, uh, born into the family with Robert Montgomery. And um, her mother was a stage actress, but she gave up the business when she married. Correct. Yes. And she had a sister who died a couple years before she was born or something. And that, how can, devastating, I think. She was about 14 months old or something, and she died. And um, that took her parents up. What, what wouldn't, you know? And she had a brother, an older brother, a couple years old. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You ended up meeting younger. him as well. 
Yeah, younger brother. No, I, ta- I, only, I only talked with him on the phone, but he was a sweetheart. He, he called me, actually, he called me after Elizabeth died because he had the unicorn. <laughs> and he said, and the poem. Aww. And he said, he said, Herbie, you know, Robert Foxworth gave me these things. He said, do you want them back? He says, you know what? It doesn't feel right. I says, you keep them. You keep them, Skip. That was his name. It was Robert Montgomery Jr., but they called him Skip. Yeah. He says, you, you keep them, you know? I just couldn't accept them back. I wanted the family to have them still, you know? Yes. Um, that so. was such a sweet thing to do. And then the poem. Oh, my God. That is so sweet. No wonder she called you half an hour later. That is so cute. Yeah, so I guess. I she had the privileged upbringing. She yeah. uh, did play. She had a wonderful grandmother, Becca, correct? Yes. Who was just her joy. She always yes. had kind of an iffy, whiffy relationship with Robert. Yes. Um, and he was, he was, I didn't know that, that he was a friendly witness in the Un-American uh, House Committee, in HUAC, the House Un-American, uh, whatever, you know. McCarthy. Yeah, he was a <laughs> mysterious guy, really, in many ways. And he was one of the first celebrities, I think if not the first celebrity, that held some kind of a position connected to the White House regarding, like he was like an entertainment consultant for the White House. And, you know, every today every, every celebrity and their mother is politically active, you Correct. know, uh, mm-hmm. in but he was the first, which was one of the reasons why, you know, he and Elizabeth didn't get along because he was so conservative and she was liberal. Right. You know. But he loved her. And Elizabeth oh, went to the best schools, whatever. She then yeah. she went to he didn't want her to be an actress. No. No. He wanted her to pretty much have a regular life. But let's face it, you're not gonna be having a regular life if you're Robert Montgomery's daughter in general. No. um, He did not want her to be an actress. He didn't even let her go see the movies, which is, of course, insane. Wow. Because he was a movie star. Yeah. Wild, wild. You know, she would say, well, Bobby and Joey get to go to the movies. I don't care what Bobby and Joey doing. You are not going to the movies. But, of course, she would go all the time and sneak out with her friends. Good for her because, you know, you can do those kind of things. And she made a debutante. She came out as a debutante. I was surprised about that. Was that, how long did her parents stay married? Um, I think they divorced relatively early on, which put another wedge between them, between Mm -hmm. Elizabeth and and her father, because she never got over her father divorcing her mother, who she adored. And then he ended up marrying another, I mean, her mother's name is Elizabeth, and he ended up marrying another Elizabeth. Who and was, that was Buffy. Buffy Elizabeth, right. <laughs> she, who was an heir, an heiress. You know, With a, a name like a Buffy or Muffy? Yeah. You got to think of that. Course. Of course, of course. And he lived in New so, York from then on, right? Well, they had gone back and forth. It's all really kind of murky. You know, they had a, a Manhattan apartment, and then they had um, um, a sprawling farm house in uh, Patter- pa- Patterson, New York, upstate New York. 
And then they had their, their home in, in Beverly Hills. So they were all over the place. But she definitely um, spent her early years in, in New York. She attended the New York Academy of Dramatic Arts, ultimately. And yet she uh, attended the Westlake School for Girls in, uh, in Los Angeles as a little girl. But, you know, so it was just flying all the way, all across the country all the time. So, so she had this friend. I can't remember her name. She was very close friends with Elizabeth, and she had a cousin. What was her name? Pandora? Pandy? Pandora. Yeah, so she had a cousin. And this, do you know what woman I'm talking about? I can't think of her Sally name. Kemp. Right. Sally Kemp. Yeah. And they were, like, really best buds. And then they, some, I guess, Romanian princess came in, and she became yeah. part of their posse. And uh, yeah. they would do things. And it was funny how she said that Elizabeth would take certain people to do certain things. Like, she would take her cousin to see... Um, Disney movies and things like that. And she would want uh, the other one to go to see horror movies with her. But they couldn't yeah. go together. It's weird, right? Yeah. So she had her idiosyncrasies in that respect. And, and she did have a falling out with Sally, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But Elizabeth, did she graduate from the Academy or did she just do a year? Yeah. She did. No, no I, I believe she did. I believe she did. And, um, you know, and, and, and her... Even though her father did not want her uh, to go into to acting, of course, she made her TV debut on his uh, anthology series, Robert Montgomery Presents, and playing none other than the character, the daughter of the character he was playing. And Sally Kemp, um, I believe, was, was, if not in that one, in one of the 13 episodes that she, that Elizabeth did of, Robert Montgomery presents, along with Cliff Robertson, who was a dear friend of hers. Yeah, well. I, I liked reading about him, too. He was cool. Oh, my God. He was such a nice guy. Yeah. Such a nice guy. Um, and so she made her debut. She was doing the shows. Was she doing the shows before she married her first husband, Thurston Howell III? Um, he was like some guy who was, you know, part of society. Yeah. yeah. So she was still, she was acting prior to her first marriage. She was acting uh, prior to her first marriage. She met him on Robert Montgomery Presents because he was like either a casting director, Fred Kamen. It was like either a casting director or a producer. And Robert just, you know, totally loved it that Elizabeth was getting together with this young guy because he was rich. Social, you know, register, the whole thing, yeah. It was a perfect fit, really. But um, Fred, who, by the way, I talked to years later, never held anything against Elizabeth. But when they got married, you know, he wanted a wife and, a, and, a, and someone to stay home. And Having she the children, a, yeah. Right. And she wanted to be a star. And I say all the time that had they met later, they would have had a better shot. Right. Because they were, they were just too young. She was 20, right? She was 20 years old. Yeah, yeah. How, and he yeah. was maybe just 24, I believe. Yeah. How, yeah. Long, how long did they stay married? It was only like a year. And his family, some yeah. of his family members shunned him because being in show business was like being, you know, the lowest of the low at that to these right. sophisticated, you know, socialites. And it's funny, right. Elizabeth did the Burning Oaks thing about these snobs. <laughs> that 
was so good. But, you know, she kind of, yeah. I think she was kind of making a little fun of that one. And so she did all those episodes. Do you think she felt, because let's face it, most actors and actresses do not have parents that can get you on television, get you noticed, get you that. Do you think she ever felt a little, um, mm, like she wasn't as respected because she got the, or maybe early in her life, because she got the breaks from her dad, because she really did. I mean, she was an actress, she could act. But, you well, know, there's many never, people I can mean, act. She never um, admitted that, it hurt about her not winning Emmys, even though she was nominated. But look at, she never played the game of Hollywood. It could, because those who win Emmys go to the parties network. She didn't want to do any of that. So there was that. The other part of the story and not winning the Emmys, in my opinion, is people were jealous of her. All right. She was gorgeous. She had a personality. She was smart. She had talent, and she was the daughter of Robert. Of that's why I think okay. that's part of the reason I felt you didn't mention it in the book, but I felt that way too. Is that they were kind of resentful? Oh, here she comes, and she yeah. just had everything handed to her on a silver platter, and we're supposed to give her an Emmy? No way. So I think exactly. that was part of it. And you know, we can't. And so, um, where did she meet? The second husband, who was a fascinating character, I do want to do a podcast on Gig Young. Um, when did she meet Gig? On, on the Robert Montgomery Hour as well? No, I think they did. They, they met on the Warner's lot. He was doing a, an anthology series of his own. And they met, they met on the Warner's lot somehow. And she totally loved the fact that he was older. She had this... I don't know if it started with her dad and then um, or whatnot, but she had like an, a thing for older guys. She had a father complex. Well, how old, much older well, was Gig? 20. Wow. And that really upset her father because Gig was essentially her father's age. And she loved the fact that her father was upset about that. And didn't she he think just, he wasn't a star, so he, he certainly, you know, and he wasn't even that famous, so he was mad about that, too. But I'm sure if he was that famous, he wouldn't have liked it either. Yeah. Well, the, the thing that upset him the most was the age. Mm -hmm. That really just bothered Robert Montgomery that Gig Young was 20 years older. Now, of course, he was also an alcoholic, and he died in that double murder-suicide yes. um, after, after he married Elizabeth, so she really, you know— um, missed a bullet. What is it? What is dodged it a bullet. Yeah, ha, dodged ha. a bullet. But this was many dodged years later. This was many, many years later. Yeah. Um, she yeah. was very young when she married him. But in the book, you say they were very, very happy for quite a long time. And people yeah. said that Elizabeth sometimes seemed that she had to keep up with him sometimes to drink with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. He. It was. She was just attracted to these troubled guys, you know. Um, the only the only two true loves of her life, in my opinion, you know, happened later with William Asher and and Robert Foxworth. And even though the the Bill Asher uh, marriage just you know ended just along with Bewitched, she stayed with Robert Foxworth, although she didn't marry him until the last few years of her life. Um, and she adored. Uh, both of those guys for the time 
that she she was with him. Yes, I'm sure she had a deep love for him. She had three children with him. And, yes. um, you know, you can never get rid of that bond. And also, he helped her along. I mean, let's face it, Bewitched made her a star. And as well it should, because she was one. I own every episode, her, I got to say. And um, I just love, love, love that show. But prior to that, she also did, she did, did she do Guess Who's Sleeping in My Bed with um, Dean Martin prior to Bewitched? She, yeah, she did uh, Guess Who's Sleeping in My Bed um, and Johnny Cool around the same time. And Johnny Cool, it was before Bewitched, Johnny Cool is directed by William Asher, and that's where they met. And at the audition for that film, she was late, and he, Bill Asher was really ticked off. So there was the, this love and hate thing going on. There was hate at first sight, actually. Right? <laughs> like he thought she, and, he probably thought she was entitled showbiz princess. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but then that hate turned into love, and then they married. So, so what was the big uh, finale for she and Gig? You mean like the big thing? Why they? Said, I'm done? Why they decided to divorce? What happened? There was. It was just like I'm done. I can't take his drinking anymore. I can't take this anymore. Or was she? I, was she still married to Gig when she met Asher? It was. It was on, on the cusp because she did, did a quickie divorce in Vegas mm-hmm. from Gig, and then it was like you know the week after or shortly thereafter she was. Um, uh, you know, involved with with Bill Asher. Now, I'm thinking that she met, she was still married to Gig when she met Bill. So Bill was the impetus, uh, I think. To get her out of there. But she was not happy. But she wasn't happy. And he kind of helped it along. Yeah, yeah. And he was a more, he was a stronger presence of a man. Uh, you know, in in her life, she needed someone who was more in control um, mm-hmm. of of his life and of the situation. And really, he couldn't do anything for her. You know what I mean? She, but bring her down. She exactly. finally saw that. Yeah, they know? were married together. They were together for eight years. That's a long time, yeah. considering her yeah. age. Um, yeah. So she she met Asher. On Johnny, what it brought? What was it called? That Johnny Bravo was Greg Brady. Um, <laughs> yeah, you fit the suit. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> she met him, and then they wanted to do a. Is that when she figured I want to get into TV and kind of settle, get into a steady gig, get married, and, and find this, do something like that? Or did he kind of push her into that? A steady gig, no, no, no pun intended. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, funny. Well, you know, she didn't know when she met Bill. She really was wanted to retire from acting. You know, she wanted just to like be a regular person. Really? Where it was, she came. You know, all these years after Fred came, and she finally realized, well, maybe Fred was right, and I just wanted to just have a regular life. What? But Bill was like, no, you've got all this talent, and you're you young. Know? How, how and old you're was young, he? Compared to Elizabeth. Ten years older. Oh, so she was really moving down, down, down. So he wasn't that yeah. much older than Elizabeth. Right. Yeah. Um, so she says, well, I'll do something if we can find something we can do together. Mm-hmm. 
So Bill had this idea for um, a show called The Fun Couple, where there was this young woman who was very wealthy mm-hmm. who fell in love with a, um, a mechanic, a car mechanic, who was not wealthy. So they brought it to Screen Gems and Harry Ackerman, who was a, a studio executive, and Bill had known from CBS um, when he ran the network when Bill was directing I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. And so Harry liked the fun couple, but he goes, I think I got an idea that you might like better. And that was Bewitched, uh, created by Saul Saxon, co-created <laughs> by Harry. Mm-hmm. And so instead of, you know, a rich craft, it became witchcraft. <laughs> That's Bewitched. a good one. <laughs> Corny, but that made me laugh. I can't help it. <laughs> So, but they were having problems, correct? Because she wanted to have more imp. I'm sorry, I'm sneezing. Oh, excuse me, guys. I had to sneeze. Um, she had uh, Jackie Cooper. Was that who it was? Was he or Jack- Jackie Cooper was part of this? Jackie Cooper was the studio head that she butted heads with. Was he the child actor, Jackie Cooper? Or no. Yeah, he was. Wow. And finally, Bill, you know, she was just giving Jackie a hard time and something like, you know, she was making all these demands and and Jackie said no. And she goes, oh, that's too bad. It could have been a cute little show. And Bill Asher was livid and said, you call Jackie back or write Jackie and say you're sorry. And after that, they never worked close, she and Jackie, or she and Jackie Cooper. Um, never a cross word, but they, they never spoke again. Never spoke again. And they went about their business doing yeah. Bewitch. And I heard, and you're, well, I heard, I read in your book that he had like three Samanthas coming in. They, they had already cast Dick York, right? Yeah. And, um... Well, Tammy... Tammy Grimes said oh, no. Oh, that's right. Yes, Tammy Grimes. Um, and then Elizabeth said yes. Um, and, you know, after, you know, I mean, she just read it and she loved it. But she was becoming, you know, she knew what she wanted. You didn't mess with Elizabeth, you know. You, she knew what she wanted. And Jackie just felt she wanted too much. And that's when Elizabeth said, well, too bad. And it would have been a nice little show. And that's when Bill Ashley said, you need to apologize to him. And so she did. And for eight years, they were, you know, polite, but they never talked. Right. They just never butted heads. They just didn't get together. Um, no. And so Asher, was he a producer or was did he direct some of the episodes or was he a little bit of both? He, he was a director on the show and the producer. And sometimes he told me that there wasn't a script that was written that didn't go through his hands, that he didn't, you know, approve or edit in some way. That's what he told me. Uh-huh. So he, um, they started together, which is really hard. And we'll talk about that in a little bit about couples. You wrote that in the book as well. Um, and what happens. But he, he was like, she really, they said that they were like a really happy couple when Bewitched. They were really happy and in love. 
And she, did she have her first baby already when they started Bewitched? She was pregnant with um, her first child, which was Billy Asher, a junior. But although he's really not a junior, it's not his full name. Right. Um, and yeah, so he was, they, she was pregnant when they did the pilot. And they had to hide her in big clothes and stand behind furniture, which is strange because that was exactly the same thing that happened with Jeannie when she did her show in Pilot. Was that? Yeah, it's hard to do with Jeannie in that outfit. Well, so Samantha, I know in the beginning, you know, they got married and then they had her. So is that the one that was the first episode, the pilot was the one that was um, narrated by Jose Ferrer? Yes. Which... She had asked her father to do, and he said no. And then when she asked him to come play her father, on to play Samantha's father, Maurice. who was ultimately played by Maurice Evans, um, he he said no, and she was really hurt with that. She was really, really hurt. But Why do you think he didn't point, want to do it? I mean, it jealous. wasn't a regular role. Jealous. Because he ultimately, or she ultimately became a bigger star on TV than he ever was in the film. So it was a very, very complicated relationship that really started being complicated from the minute that um, his first child had died. You know, I don't think he ever got over losing that child. I don't think you can as a parent. You know, you have this child. Look what happened to poor Lou Costello after uh, his son drowned. You know, he he just went nuts. The wife... Became a horrible alcoholic, but that's because they blamed her, his mother. I I talked to Chris Costello on the podcast. So, I mean, it was really um, terrible. And I can't even imagine losing your child like that. I just can't imagine. Well, and then when Elizabeth came along, he was happy and delighted, but almost like, okay, why did you live and my other daughter died? So he almost, almost resented birth. So it was very, very strange. How was he um, with Robert he... Jr.? Huh? How was he with Robert Jr., Skip? Oh, he was very, very difficult um, to him. He was very strict. He was stricter with Skip. And Skip tried to get into acting, and he just he didn't care. You know? yeah. And Elizabeth adored him. She adored her brother. Probably more so because her father was so hard on him. So she had a very protective uh, yeah. feeling for her brother. I can I can see him not being easy. I have this little tidbit to say. Um, this is funny. This is from Lauren Bacall's book about Robert. So I'm not making it up. Lauren Bacall wrote this in one of her books. When she first came to Hollywood, she went to some party, and she was leaving, and she ran into to Robert... Uh, Robert Montgomery. And he asked her for a phone number. So she wrote it and gave it to him. And so he looked at it, crumpled it up, threw it on the floor and said, too easy, and sniffed off. (laughs) (laughs) What a rotten thing to do. What a creep, you know? (laughs) So that happened. Yeah. Yeah, and this is from Lauren's book. I totally she I don't believe she would lie about something like that. But no, that would be something that would uh 
well, I don't think she would. And mm-hmm. that would be something that would stick in your head forever that somebody did something like that and just kind of said too easy, threw it on the ground. Anyway, enough about Robert in that section. <laughs> but I just wow. thought that was an interesting tidbit. Anyway, yeah, mean and you know, like Lauren, he's married too. You got to say that about Lauren. But she was she was totally green. This is before she did the movie with Bowie for everything. Anyway, um, we're not talking about Lauren Bacall. We're talking about the lovely Elizabeth Montgomery. So she gets into Bewitched. She's with her husband. It's the first season, and I have to say, the first season is my absolute favorite because I really didn't like when they had Tabitha. <laughs> I hate to say really? it. Really? I, I uh-huh. loved it. The tab of the music just drove me crazy. The first year was so funny and so cute and had so many great episodes. I loved how you portrayed the dynamic between she and... And Agnes Moorhead, because they seemed yeah. like they were at loggerheads quite a few mm-hmm. of the times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, look, every artist, actor, writer, director, you got that artistic thing going on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, actresses aren't any different, certainly. And you get two strong-willed actresses who have a, you know, a certain amount of prestige. Mm-hmm. And of course... They're going to butt heads, you know, and, but she loved that. I mean, she loved Agnes Moorhead. They were perfect Um, together. They were such a great mother daughter team. They were wonderful. They were just perfect. Well, I told, I, she told me that, or I told her that there was some graffiti on some wall, on some building in the middle of Hollywood. And it's been, it's gone now, but at the time it said Agnes Moorhead, is God. And Elizabeth said, oh, she finally made it. Huh? <laughs> um, she was very course, religious. Then, Her father was a preacher. She was the daughter uh, of a preacher. Oh, really? yeah. yeah. And Elizabeth was spiritual, too. I mean, she she was spiritual as well. But but Agnes was very, very uh, religious. And that's why, they, you know, people said bewitched is uh, Satan. And oh, against- please. And believe me, if 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 Agnes Moore had felt that was the case, she wouldn't have done the show. Not at um, but, all. They were good. But, they didn't do evil things. They were good people trying right. to. The show was more love. Yes, and I, I have to say, Dick York was hysterical. I know that Agnes loved him, but he was talented to react yeah. to all those things. That face. That that hair, those ears. He was amazing. I loved him. Yet she did she not. She did not. Why didn't she? In your book, well, is this something that he was hot for her? But he was in pain, and she said he was looking longingly at her. Maybe he was just like longingly hoping he wasn't going to be in pain again. You know? It's been stated by various um, sources. And there was even a producer, uh, one of the producers of the show, William Dozier, Uh does this in the the Television Academy interviews, which are wonderful interviews, which are on YouTube. Uh Um, He said that, you know, that Dick York had a little crush on on Elizabeth. Who couldn't? Uh Yeah, I mean, who didn't have a crush on her? And who wouldn't fall in love with her? But um, 
you know, I guess that there, there might have been some tension there, but she thought he was wonderful on the series. He was amazing. And, amazing. The best. And nobody wanted to let Dick York go. He was so you know? funny, Herbie. You know what? You know, I loved the one where he got turned into a monkey. He looked just like the little monkey. The monkey's wearing that little driver's cap, and he's wearing that whole thing. <laughs> and then when his ears grow big, when he lied, and, and just his whole expression. And he would talk to Agnes Morehead. He was more spiritual. He had six kids by the time he was doing that show, which is amazing. And he got a horrible—he was doing something in Cordoba with Gary Cooper, correct? And he got a horrible back injury. He was doing a movie, and he got a- yeah. The name of the movie. The name of the movie was "They Came from Cordura, Cordura. and um, he was doing a. Um, um, it was a a railroad cart scene with another actor. They were both on one of those railroad carts, and the director yelled "cut," and the other actor let go, but Dick York <gasps> didn't, and he wrenched his back, oh, and he yeah. never recovered from that. Um, and he was, became addicted to the painkillers, right. which was ultimately call, caused him to, you know, miss 12 to 14 episodes of the show. And that's when they finally had uh, to let him go. Now, he told me, however, that he wished that they would have given him that summer to rest up and he would have been able to finish the run of the series, which would have been amazing. I loved um, him. He was so great. And he was a kind man. He had nothing. I remember they used to go interview him and he'd be in there, you know, in just some like horrible little house, you know, with his wife who loved him. But they were doing good things for people. And he was a very charitable, yeah, he, wonderful man. And he did a lot. He did a lot for the homeless uh, with his program, Love is Feeding Everyone, which is uh, life. Love is feeding everyone. And he did the most he could, um, you know, for others. He had nothing in the end. No. He was at emphysema. I, I, you know, flew to Michigan where he was living um, in, in the outskirts of Detroit or something. And um, it, was, it was very sad. It was very sad. For someone who was so talented and he didn't get a yeah. bit of money through doing that show. And I, if he was not, I tell you, I know they were going to get Dick. They wanted Dick Sargent to be the first Aaron. It would have no, not succeeded. No, 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 no. That's not true. No, that, that, no, 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 that's no. The, that's the story that Dick Sargent told. Mm. Bill actually told me that Dick York was always first choice, always first choice. Always first choice. And that when he left the series, then they went to Dick Sargent. Uh, Dick Sargent said that he was under contract to do another show called The Tammy Grimes Show, ironically enough, starring Tammy Grimes, who was up for Bewitched. And she played a character called Tamantha with a T. Oh, my gosh. And he played her twin brother on that show. Did this actually make it onto the network or was it just like a pilot? Very, very, very briefly. And he said that's why, he told me that's why uh, he couldn't do the show. But Bill Asher said no, no. Listen to the stories of Tinseltown.